Hi, green team. Welcome back. Today's episode is for the composters and pet owners. Reptiles, chickens, ducks, we're talking to you. Nutritional problems are commonly seen in these animals due to poor food sources and feeding habits. EcoFly's mission is to recycle food waste with the power of black soldier fly larvae. Black soldier fly larva is a great food for reptiles, chickens, fish, and even makes a byproduct of organic fertilizer that grows disease-resistant plants. You are going to meet an Akron, Ohio entrepreneur who is working to make the pet feeding industry a better place. Today we are talking with Spencer Dopel of EcoFlies. We will be discussing the fascinating world of feeding your reptiles and pets with organic and sustainable products. Spencer is a leader in the feeding industry and is changing the way that we produce protein through bugs. You can check out EcoFlies at ecoflies.com on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Those links will be right here in the description as well as some other show research of a foundation that helps to rescue reptiles that is local to us in Northeast Ohio. So be sure to check out those show notes. All right, green team, let's get started. Hi, I'm Jess Taylor. And I'm Natalie Ringeis. And we love the green life. Welcome to our podcast. We are both teachers, mamas, nature lovers, and passionate about changing the world we live in and helping to save the planet by inspiring others. Join us as we discuss practical ways to live a more sustainable, healthy, and green life for you, your family, and even your fur babies. Love the Green Life is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that promotes cruelty-free, chemical-free, and compassionate living. You can learn more about us and what we do at lovethegreenlife.org and on Facebook and Instagram at lovethegreenlife.org. Are you ready to take the next step in your green journey? Well, you are in luck because we have officially relaunched our plant power program and we are so ready to work with you. Whether you are somebody who wants to cut out harmful chemicals from your food and need help understanding ingredients and labels, or you're just wanting help in reaching your goals, breaking some habits, and even if you are already on an alternative diet like being a vegan or gluten-free, dairy-free, any of those things, and you just need some help with meal planning and navigating some social aspects. This program is for everyone. It's a 13-week lifestyle program. It is not a weight loss program or a nutrition course. It's not designed to turn you into a vegan. It is a program designed to help you live a better, healthier, and greener life and eat cleaner with some more veggies in it. We do this in a way that makes sense for busy families and to fit into your daily life to help you succeed at it. We have added some great features to our program. We're so excited about this relaunch. You will get all 13 modules with weekly doable action steps, community support, bi-weekly Q&A office hours where you get to ask us any questions you have and you can get the help and support that you need on what you specifically have going on in your life. You will also get two one-on-one calls with us so we can support you with your specific goals. In Plant Power, you will be meal planning like a pro. You'll be setting goals and changing habits, shopping smarter, learning about healthy swaps, and getting some great recipes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks too. 
We are so excited to say that Plant Power is now up and accepting new members. It truly is an honor to be able to go on this journey with you. To learn more about Plant Power, apply and sign up, head to lovethegreenlife.org slash plantpower for all the details. And make sure if you are not already on our email list to head to lovethegreenlife.org and get on our email list. This way you will have up-to-date information as we roll out more. And you'll even get a plant-based journey guide just for signing up for our email list. We are so looking forward to working with you and helping you truly love the green life. So that was Xavier saying, hi, green team. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Spencer. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I am so excited to talk to you today. Me too. I have been wanting to be on a podcast for so long. So this is my first one. So I'm really excited. Totally. Yay. Hi, Jess. Hello. Well, we're happy that your first podcast is with us. So welcome. Yes. I'm very excited. We met Spencer in one of the small business programs that we're taking in downtown Akron. It's basically like an entrepreneur think tank accelerator type program. But anyways, we met Spencer on the first day. And he pretty much said, yep, hi, I'm Spencer. And I do bugs. Like I do the bug <laughs> stuff. And most people just smile and nodded and were very <laughs> respectful. And I went, oh, hi, <laughs> it, which is she probably did. not a normal reaction that you're used to. <laughs> yeah. Some people, some people are scared of them. Some people are very, very interested in them. It's very funny doing trade shows and seeing little kids come by. Some kids will be like, ah, and some kids mm-hmm. will be, can I touch it? It's so like <laughs> very different reactions for sure. Yeah. My love of bugs started when I was student teaching and the teacher had pill bugs for her first graders and they were learning all about pill bugs and they had a whole bunch of them. And I was like, duh, this is so wonderful. How great they, you know, pill bugs, kids play with them. They can crawl on you. They don't bite. They're not spiky. They're smooth and shiny. And they're a step up from a ladybug. And they're very simple for a first grader to draw, which is really important. You know, when you're with kids and you're going to do some of this nature stuff, they got to be able to understand what you're doing here. And drawing a pill bug is great. Bugs and me were an instant win early in my life. How did you get into the feeding industry? Yeah, I guess my journey started with having reptiles. Reptiles around 2018 with two leopard geckos. I kind of got both of them at the same time. And I started going to the local pet stores and the it's just a lot of money for the crickets and stuff. It's like 10 cents a cricket. So it ends up being a lot. So I wanted to start breeding my own because that's what a lot of people do. So I started trying to breed crickets and I failed at that very miserably. And it was very stinky. I tried mealworms and superworms, which I was successful at both of those, but it took months to do. And I was just about ready to give up on the whole bug thing. And then I finally one day found this YouTube video of black soldier fly larva from a UK company. And it just talked about how they were getting rid of waste and how these were, they just grew in about one month and they're really fast and they reproduced very rapidly. So I was just really interested in it. And the more I delved into it, the more benefits it had. And I was just more interested. It was just really cool. And I just started dedicating my time to it. Nice. Right now, what's currently available in the feeding industry? So if you have a reptile, 
I know when I had reptiles in my classroom, I'd go and pick up a bag of crickets. I also did animal care for Parks and Recreation Department in Northeast Ohio. I did that for a while. So I did some pet care. So I was in pet stores all the time purchasing for the animals. Your options are pretty limited. I know if you're going to your bigger box stores, what is currently available right now? Because that was years ago when I did that. A lot of different things available depending on where you go i would say like petco and pet supplies plus and those big brand stores will have crickets and mealworms and soup worms but if you really want to get specialty stuff like hornworms and silkworms and even doobie roaches sometimes you have to go to like a specialty reptile shop which there's a lot of them around here actually you'd be surprised but there's pros and cons to all of them for sure. Like crickets, they can bite your animal. They're so fast and they're darting around and they can bite your animal and that can lead infection. Worms and mealworms have kind of like a harder shell and some reptiles that don't chew their food. This actually, I think happened to my bearded dragon that passed away recently, didn't chew the superworms that I gave it. And it unfortunately led to digestion issues. This is called an impaction in reptiles. I think that actually led to its death. That was very That's sad. awful. Yeah, it's something some people believe it, some people don't. So I guess I'll call it a rumor that the superworms can eat the inside of like your animal's stomach. So some people crush the heads of them. <laughs> but some people don't believe that, but that's an option. For those of you that didn't see me, I shuddered <laughs> and I put my hands onto my forehead because I'm looking at this from the perspective of a sweet first grade teacher and going, okay, children, let's feed our pet. No, that how is that showing care? Yeah, and, absolutely. And it's like respect. Traumatizing. And, and that doesn't feel right. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So, so what other, like, are there problems that consumers need to be aware of? I mean, there. Yeah. I know you said cost was one reason why you went to make your own, but was <laughs> there any other reasons why? I mean, I can imagine that your poor bearded dragon, that was a traumatizing event. Yeah, absolutely. My Black soldier fly larvae that I grow have 20 times more calcium than doobie roaches, which you didn't get to talk about yet, and 80 times more calcium than crickets. So calcium is really important in reptiles' diets because if they don't get enough calcium, they can suffer from this disease called metabolic bone disease. And that's pretty much where they don't get enough calcium in their diet. All the insects that I listed, you have to dust them with calcium powder to get their calcium up and pretty much they have to have a balanced calcium phosphorus ratio. And if they don't have a balanced calcium phosphorus ratio, the calcium can't be absorbable for the reptile. So the black soldier fly larvae have lots of calcium. So that's something to be aware of, but you can definitely buy black soldier fly larvae and put it into their diet. Yeah, they also don't have a hard shell like the superworm does. So it's a really good option too, because like the superworm and the, the mealworm have really hard shells, but the black soldier fly larva is so squishy that it's more digestible. It actually has a balanced calcium phosphorus ratio. So the calcium in the black soldier fly larva is a digestible right off the bat. So you don't have to dust calcium powder onto these guys. So that's like product that you don't have to buy then if you buy oh, these. Thrifty Natalie likes that one. Yeah, absolutely. In the long run, <laughs> It's really just going to save you money with your vet bills and reptile vets are very expensive and 
they're hard to find. I know I babysat for my friend's gecko and she neglected to tell me because I had her for an entire month. By the time she brought her to me, set her up, she was gone for like two and a half weeks, got home, got her back. She didn't tell me that when she sheds her skin right before she turns really gray and sickly looking. And I like went in there and she looked like she was dying and I was freaking out. I have to get her to a vet like tomorrow. And I was looking up reptile vet and one's near me and I was going to take her. And then the next day I went in and she was all bright and green again. So when she finally called me from Ireland, I said something to her and she's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that. I was like, well, that would have been good to know that she's going to look like she's dying. <laughs> they do all sorts of funny stuff like that. Their eyeballs and stuff. Me and my mm-hmm. mom think it's really funny. Well, especially because it's not my lizard guy, like really freaking out too, you know, because I don't want anything to happen to her while I'm watching her. absolutely checking her temperature you know everything like constantly probably more than I would if it was my own and I did have lizards growing up I think my mom did like a lot of that stuff I just played with them you know (laughs) it was like my new round of really caring for for her but she was super fun like I would love to have one again I loved lizards growing up I think we've talked about this Natalie on here lizards were my thing growing up I had lizard everything my room had lizard toys and decor And I love lizards and I had several of them, but like I said, I don't remember. I mean, we got crickets and things for them just from the pet store, but that's as far as I really remember as far as like the actual care for the lizards. So I think it's good that we're talking about number one, how fun reptiles are just in general, because I guess you could be a listener that you want a reptile and you're trying to figure out what to feed it or what the care is like. And I think we can all agree that we like them and they're really fun to have and they have a good personality and they're really good pets, especially if you have a child with allergens or a child with sensory processing, they're quiet, they're calm. They don't usually make too many noises, not that you would another traditional pet that kids can have. We want them to be healthy so our kids and our families can enjoy them. We want them to have long lives when they're in our care. And obviously you were thinking the same thing when you started your business. So you wanted to provide a different type of nutrition for your reptiles, but what brought on your business? Tell us about who you are as far as now you've become the Black Soul fly larva man. Absolutely. I guess the first part I should mention that is a really big sticking point and like a consumer why you should buy black soldier fly larva over other feeder insects is they're helping get rid of food waste in our environment. And there's a really big industry that's getting approved through legislature very recently. And we're trending toward time where if more people adopt this, that we can really have an impact on the environment. Every one pound of black soldier fly larva we produce, we can divert 20 pounds of organic waste from going to a landfill equals about 3,000 large black soldier fly larva. So I have people who order 10,000 large black soldier fly larva. So they're wow. reptiles, you know, having an impact and they don't even, they do realize it, I think, but you know, I'd like to do more stuff on my website and like, be like, you've removed this amount of waste, you know, and stuff like oh that. Oh my gosh. It, well, I yeah. love that. Not only are you caring for your reptile in a way that's nutritionally sound, but you're also buying for a cause and you could have a larger impact. I mean, I know that's what people want to feel good about what they're purchasing, but what a nice bonus. Absolutely. And I've even had some customers say that helped them lower their feed bill too for their reptiles. A lot of the stuff I mentioned, you know, it's not as healthy and even doobie roaches, which is the second healthiest and they even have their problems. They cost like sometimes even like a dollar a roach. So it can get very, very expensive fast. We have talked about the 
benefits it has for the animals and reptiles. What else can black soldier fly larvae provide for other animals? Is this just for like reptiles and that's it? No, I'm really glad you mentioned that actually. So I usually take them live and I sell them live for the reptiles. I have people who buy them live and dried for their hedgehog, which I think is really cool. Birds can eat them live. People dry them out also and they feed them to backyard chickens who lay eggs. And it's really good for them too because there's so much calcium in it. Sometimes your backyard chickens won't get enough calcium and they'll lay eggs that their eggshells will be really brittle and they'll fall apart. So the extra calcium gives them a nice extra shell. And also it has protein in it. So it helps them have a nice coat for the winter. So that's nice going. Agriculture, pretty much fish meal is just a small plagiac fish fished out of the ocean. And then it's ground up in to make a meal. And then it's used in different diets of agricultural. I'm not sure exactly what it's used for. I don't think it's used in chicken diets, but it's mainly used in agriculture that's on inland fisheries. Okay. Um, and that's a really growing industry because, you know, we don't want to overfish our oceans. So right. this can supplement fish meal up to 33%. So this is a... Sus- I see. Okay. Yeah. So it's a sustainable way to not overfish our oceans and to be able to have inland fisheries, which is more nice. sustainable than fish caught in the ocean. Also, I wanted to mention this company in the UK who is using black soldier fly larva meal in dog food. They're called Yora and they uh, launched in the summer of 2019. They've sold about $1.2 million and 50,000 bags of dog food. So it's definitely a upcoming industry in a lot of different animal feed. It's just getting approved this year for dog food. It's in limbo right now for dog food, but it's not approved for cat food in the US right now. Wow. And I love the zero waste aspect of it, that it can take out you know the compostable aspect of it too. So it, how often is when we feed our animals, are we thinking about the zero waste impact? I mean, we're buying those huge bags and things right? or bins and boxes, you know? How are these things shipped? Like if when you send these, you said you send them live, like what happens? You're in Northeast Ohio. It gets cold. Yeah. So one of the-, one of the <laughs> Are they cool okay? Like- <laughs> they are. They actually slow down their life cycle really nice to the point where they can last about 80 days in the cold. I've had people like I shipped to Maine during the last blizzard. We had 10,000 to an influencer and they all arrive alive. So they're a lot better than crickets or any of the other insects when shipping. Yeah, so they at about room temperature. In Ohio, we call that a nice, you can wear shorts, (laughs) you know, but for the most of the planet, they're like, oh, you need a jacket. We're in Ohio, we're going swimming. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I understand the, the the tolerance for 68 degrees may be different for different people. (laughs) Yeah, I might, I should have came with a better number. I might've misquoted that, but they can survive. They can tolerate pretty harsh conditions. There was actually a study done where they were submerged in isopropyl alcohol for 72 hours and they were alive. Yeah. So they're, they can survive pretty extreme conditions. Well, I think that's really important because I know when like the pandemic started, my friend who has the crested gecko had a really hard time finding crickets like there was a cricket shortage and she was like freaking out like nowhere had them and so I think that is a really important point that you're pointing out is that you have an alternative and you have the ability to get it to people Mm -hmm. in you know other conditions because like she had no clue what she was going to do if she couldn't find them to feed her lizard that can be very scary for reptile owners yeah I mean that's scary for (laughs) any pet owner I just saw pictures of cat food and dog food shelves being completely emptied. And I think Natalie, you and I talked about this yesterday when we were just talking
talking about sustainability and where food comes from. We were talking about pet food together and making choices on what brands you're supporting and where they're made is going to really help in that availability. You know, if you're buying food that is made in a different country, you might have delays in it getting here and the quality is not the same as if you're getting something that's locally made, then you just have mm-hmm. those better options. So I think that is important that you pointed out the fact of having that alternative option for your reptile pets. Mm-hmm. We talked about our pets of a pet episode farther back. So if you, that's what kind of sparked this, this talk here is talking about our pets. I'm like, man, we didn't really, we talked a lot about our cats and dogs. So if you're not a reptile owner and you're just catching this episode, we do have one where we really talk more about our mammals in <laughs> the pet care episode. But for today, piece of that, that I think I can bridge is that I had an issue with manufacturing the dog food that my dog was on for years and years and years, kept him healthy, strong. He didn't have teeth issues, earish. Like my dog is a breed that gets a lot of crud and the manufacturer changed. And I went through a horrible, horrible, horrible series of finding food my dog would eat that wouldn't make him sick because the manufacturer changed and I had no control over it. And I think it speaks to you, Spencer and EcoFlies and how you're a locally sourced, you know, people want the farmer's market experience. They want to know their, they want to know where their fruits and vegetables are coming from. This is a really great way for pet owners to kind of have that experience with the food. I mean, Spencer, I'm sure we could have a whole other episode on all the care you've done just to grow these things and maintain them and give them an environment where they they are healthy the whole way through. Oh, absolutely. It is a process to grow these things and you have to have a lot of knowledge. Um, I've messed up a lot of times, had a big, huge larva piles on the ground from them crawling out of the bins. <laughs> so yeah, it is definitely a stinky, stinky job too, but I enjoy it. That was it. Natalie cringing a little bit. Like I'm okay. And then I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. The reptile side. <laughs> of it balances it out for sure. The reptile side balances it out. It's for our reptile children. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that was a really scary story about your, your larva there. Do you have any good, better stories with reptiles? Yeah. Um, Maybe I would, we can balance this out. Yeah, absolutely. I think bringing it back to what you were saying of sourcing the feed locally and whatnot and the whole farmer's market experience, I think people really connect to feeding their reptiles and that's like a time that their reptiles can be finicky, especially when you get different, there's a lot of different types of reptiles. So some of them can be a little finicky. And if they're food sensitive and they like food, you can kind of hand feed them and bond to them. And I think that reptile owners really connect to that feeding experience. So I think mm-hmm. it's, that's really good that you touched on that. So I, think I love feeding my reptiles. I have four geckos, leopard geckos, and then I have a crested gecko. And I really love how the crested gecko licks its eyes. And me and my mom have really like bonded over that. Uh, she named it smoochy. I bought it and I was going to resell it, but it's just so cute. I just love it. It feels leathery and it's got eyelashes. So I really like that one. I have a, um, a Bronia Graminia, which is a Mexican alligator lizard. And I think Ooh. it's really cool. It's very beautiful. It looks like a dragon. It's green. Some of them turn blue. I have a rat oh, snake. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. My yeah. son would just love that. They're very rare too. So it's my like prize possession, I would say. Aww. And then I have a rat snake her she's cool I guess um yeah um and then I just got a new actually over the weekend uh Lacerda and that's gonna that's been a challenge for me for sure that one still she's she's fast and little finicky she's not comfortable with me yet but I saw her eating yesterday so I was pretty happy Aww. 
the reptile stories I usually get is from family. I have a family member that's that has a bearded dragon. So shout out to Fatty. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> he was our featured reptile for the photo contest that we're having in the Facebook group. So if you have a cute reptile picture, we're having a little photo contest. So you can share this episode with your friends, get some friends that are looking to learn more about staying green with your pets. Join our Facebook group, jump back and listen to that other pet care episode, tag some friends and you can win a nice green goodie bag straight from us here at Love the Green Life. We need more cute animal pictures. And I'm hoping for a smoochy picture <laughs> with the tongue all like right on top of its head. Oh. I, I, that's the, I want it. You've been talking about smoochy for two days now. I got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can, I can try and make that happen. I can try. I'll have to really, really try because it only licks its, its eyes every once in a while. Put mom on it. Okay. <laughs> she might, she might have one. She wanted to get a picture with it licking its eyeball before we, well, we're not getting rid of it anymore. I just told her last night we're not going to get rid of it. <laughs> no. I'm too attached. <laughs> I did that with one of my cats. We were fostering her and then I cried every night about giving her up. I found someone to take her and then I called her and said, I can't. So it's very easy to get attached to animals very quickly. Can't get rid of them. No, no, you cannot. So what should we ask you that we didn't know enough to ask? Was there anything that we missed? I guess the fertilizer that we didn't oh, even touch yeah. on that is produce a byproduct of uh, a fertilizer and it's really good. It's regenerative agriculture, you know, putting the plant matter back into the soil. So that's something that uh, a lot of these areas definitely need a little more research done on them. And there's research coming out every day for them, but this is something that is looking at possibly for seed starter and I'll definitely be experimenting with it, but it's definitely a very rich fertilizer. It has this from the skins of the black soldier fly larva, they shed their skins and it's called chitin and it makes the plants think that they're getting a attacked by the insects so they grow disease resistant and they grow pest resistant and bigger it's something oh that... what's up that yep that we call that ice cream yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoa that no my dad's a victory gardener and when i was a kid i'm like that smells really bad because he would go collect water mm -hmm. and truck it to his garden okay and i'm like that smells like death dad <laughs> i'd be like nine like what are you doing this is so embarrassing and he's like nope that's ice Ice cream that's ice cream to the plants so this ice is really cream. cool that's this great. is really cool to like if you're doing composting at home it's a great way to have a mini regenerative example for your kids you know this is what we're feeding our reptile we have compost we're doing it zero waste or if you are looking to do some seed starters maybe you don't want to do a whole compost thing but it's just adding some sprinkles to some ice cream to your plants especially now this episode's airing when we're all kind of planning for growth growing season here, Northeast Ohio. That's where we are. Zone was. So usually May is when we all start counting down the frosts <laughs> to put stuff in. Mm -hmm. So this is really cool. If you're a pet owner, you start collecting the stuff now for your plants. So I'm glad you remembered to pop that out. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And something I just wanted to pop in there is around July in Northeast Ohio, you will see some black soldier fly larvae in your compost. You'll see some of the flies flying around and you'll see some of the actual uh, black soldier fly larvae in the compost pile if you're lucky that's a lucky thing uh yeah we're more in a colder region if you were more in like georgia or one of the lower states you would definitely ah. see them in your compost like finding a needle in a haystack <laughs> i like that that's fine 
I just like that your company has so much more to it than just if you're a reptile owner. For me, even just because of what Natalie and I do, just hearing your name and hearing Eco in there, like we both were like, like when we first met you, we're like, oh, Eco. If you don't have a reptile, you still offer so much more to the environment and to people who are looking into natural ways of just even gardening. Like how amazing is that, that you can have pest resistant plants that you're not using chemicals on something that we strive for here. That is awesome. (laughs) That we're going to call that chocolate sauce. (laughs) Like you're going to make my plant more pest resistant naturally in a way that doesn't hurt my body or your body or any body around it. Chocolate sauce. Chocolate sauce. That's gotta be it. I love that. I'll use that in my pitch for bounce. Yes. Now we are a coaching business. I might have to charge you like buck for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. We I can't gotcha. just do this for free. Oh my gosh. It's been so fun talking to you today, Spencer. We do have a question. Okay. We're trying a new little piece in our podcast today where we share a green team question. Yeah. So today's <laughs> green team question comes from Brittany B in Akron, Ohio. She asks, can you explain brumation? And this is Fatty that you've all now met, know, and love. It's her bearded dragon. He's been sleeping forever. And actually that picture that you're looking at with him kissing his Valentine's Day present was like the most active he had been in days. So why is her bearded dragon Fatty ignoring her? (laughs) Okay. So first love the name. That's a great name. Um, So brumation is pretty much uh, reptiles equivalent of hibernation. They're just sleeping, being lethargic. Sometimes they don't eat for the winter and that's just because of the cooler temperatures and they, some reason they just know, they just know that it's winter time and they'll just cool down and they'll just chill out. And then eventually about a month from now, so we're, we're recording in February. So about a month or two from now when it gets a little warmer so just the bearded dragon will start to be a little more active and start to eat and just go back to its old self okay and sometimes they won't go into brumation sometimes they will it just just depends so if your bearded dragon isn't going into brumation there's nothing to worry about it just sometimes doesn't happen okay Brittany. so that means it, it it's him it's not you and it's just a break. You know, it's almost like a long distance relationship. You can get through this. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of my geckos are in brumation right now. So they're, they've been oh, very, very okay. lethargic. Now, if, if fatty decides to, you know, hop, hop on a plane and get to Vegas, then you can worry, but yes. it sounds like he's just napping. Yep. Way to, way to show it off. <laughs> my goodness. What a life. Now, if you <laughs> control the temperature, in like their aquarium will that change that oh that's a good question by using heat lamps and heat rocks and stuff like that would that would they know then if they have a steady temperature year-round um i think you probably could raise the temperature to make them not brewmate but it's actually a natural process and it helps them live longer and it it just it's a natural process Mm -hmm. that is more healthy for them so usually just keeping them at a, a gradient temperature for whatever there is they usually have a gradient temperature from one side Mm -hmm. of the cage to the other side of the cage Um, so they can choose but usually you know your house will get a little colder so I guess you could yeah you should probably just not worry about it and just let it naturally occur oh I didn't even think of that that was such a good question Jess because I would think that too 
you know, that I was a hang great out. question. Yeah, like I want to hang out with my lizard. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come no. on. You go got friends over. I got a party hat. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm really happy that your answer, I had no idea what the answer was going to be, but your answer. Me neither. <laughs> but, I had... I just, but I love that it respects the animal. It respects its natural life cycle. It respects what it needs to do for its body and its species. And I love that it honors that. So awesome. And that's a great reason why you were such a good person to have on today. Thanks. Well, thank you. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to the show. We would love for you to follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. Your support will help our nonprofit be able to do more good in the world. See you next time.